You must have been busy today. Oh my God. It's a busy, busy day for sure. That's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, I guess. It's a good thing. I'm not, I'm not ready. I did contouring <laughs> and it feels so weird. Like, look at my nose. Oh. Oh, yeah, you're right. It like, it changes, makes your nose like so narrow. You've got a pinchy nose. Why would you do that to yourself? Why would you do that? You've got like those, those pinchy people noses. No, why would you do that? That's, that's what they say to do. And they, there's all this other stuff that I have that it's like, like in real life, like I look, hor I look weird as fuck in real life, but here with the camera and the lights, I mean, it looks, you know, okay. I mean, it looks fine, but why would you intentionally become one of those pinchy? Well, although as we know, pinchy face people, but a lot of people find them very attractive. I don't know why, but. They're very attractive. Pinchy face people, people, people are very attractive. So I'm in, uh, I'm towards the end of season two of Mr. Robot. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, he's clearly insane. And I really need to know what this Chinese, I don't know if she's trans or just a cross-dresser. I haven't decided because uh, we haven't gotten into that. What, what's that? What, what her project is? And, and, and I just, and this, this nosy, very lonely FBI agent. I mean, I feel for her, but back off, bitch. You know, that's where I feel. Oh my God, what the hell is happening with this hair? Needs to go in. Jesus, not ready. Not ready. It's going to fall pull back. You've you're got to put your mic closer to your mouth. You've got to put your mic closer to your mouth. I mean, okay. I feel like you can actually hear me just fine, though. You can hear me just fine. And I know that that's true because I'm using the integrated mic in my laptop and I was just recording video for a training thing so i know it's working fine i know mine is working fine too. really uncomfortable with his nose i feel like it's even i feel very um richard nixon richard nixon huh um okay let me see let me oh, i don't want to test it hold on i need to just let me check the mic thing the settings Come on. Tomorrow's Earth Day. I got a bunch of posts for Earth Day tomorrow. I got some 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 pretty videos. For Earth is, this any, is this any better? Yes. Yes. Okay. It's better. So I have max input volume and I have auto on suppressed background noise. So I don't know what that means, but it's showing up more lines more bars on the thing i like that Whatever. let's have that I'm so hungry. What day is today? Today's Wednesday. Okay, I have to go into the office tomorrow. 
And then, uh, and then it's Friday. Friday. I like Friday. I have to eat something. I got a hungers. I got a hungers. I eat something when we done. I eat something, and then I yes, finish well, my that's, video. That's what I was actually doing when you messaged me. We were having dinner, and, and like because Barbara's here, so we were actually sitting at the table. You know, we used to sit at the table for every dinner before COVID, and then COVID happened, and it was like never did that again. And so, well, everybody's schedule was different. You know, it, it turned into a little bit. You know. It, do you yeah. guys have dinner during summer? Yeah. I mean, we had, really? we have dinner at the table every single day, every single day. That's and such a mom thing. And I, it's a good thing. I mean, well, I should probably do that. It's, actually, our mom it's, it's, all about it's, a, it's a me thing actually, where you got I'm that like, from mom. She is always like, it's fine sitting at the table. And I, I mean, sitting at the, in front of the TV and I'm like, nope, we're sitting we, at the table. We're sitting at the table. Do you remember when we were kids though? Do you remember? Oh my God. It was like, we we're having dinner at the table, dinner at the table. Like, like I had, I was like dinner at the table. We're having, we have to have dinner at the table. Like it was a thing. We had to have dinner at the table. And so when we, we got to not have dinner at the table, I was like, Ooh, not have dinner at the table. We can sit and eat while we watch the TV. Yes. Um, so you clearly embraced it. And I, and I think about it, I was like, yeah, dinner at the table is probably a good idea. And I'm like, oh, dinner at the table. I don't even cook dinner most nights. Most, most of my kids kind of do their own thing. Well, but, and I think this is, so this is what happens. Like if I cook, of course, hell yes, we're sitting at the goddamn table because I cooked, you know, but um, usually I don't cook. It's usually mom cooking. And then I, then I'm like, yeah, we're sitting at the table, but, but even with mom cooking over the last year with COVID, I don't know. It's just, I don't know why, but whatever. So we'd sit at the table we sit at the, in front of the TV and we watch a show together. We are now watching um, Tower of God, which is a with Zachary. It's an anime thing. So we, we have a show that the three of us watch together. I can't do anime. I just can't. It's okay. I mean, it's all right. I, I, I'm all right with it. It's, it's okay. And, um, and yeah, I like it. I can't, I, can't even, I can't even get into Studio Ghibli, which I understand is like brilliant. Like I've never seen Spirited Away. I've never seen, you know, Totoro. I've never seen any of those, which are people are like, oh my God, they're so good. And I was like, yeah, I'm sure that they are. And I own like Spirited Away because apparently it's such a good movie, but I'm like, make me want it. I don't want to watch it. Okay. Do uh, we I'm feel prepared to head on to the Facebook? Sure. Okay. Sure. Ouch, ouch. So I, so I, I went into Facebook and I, and I re removed the, the blanket. Anybody can, can know what's, oh God, it changed. The interface changed. It's wearing me out. I, I got it. Uh, anyway, so I, I made it so, you know, you, you log in with Facebook to everywhere, log in with Facebook. Well, I removed all of that. Nobody can't. And now I was like, oh, so now I'm selectively because I've, I authorized like a bajillion things. And I was like, no, I'm going to cancel that for all of them. Okay. Um, um, 
that is that is not what I want to do. Okay, maybe that's why it was weird. It it wasn't allowing me to go to mindful success. Yeah. On Facebook. Well, bastards. Uh, it's still not letting me go to mindful success. What? Why? Will it let me go to mindful success? Let me see. Mindful success. Um, okay, yes, I'm in there. Are you not um, like a friend or whatever? Hold on. I'm going to see if this is it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's a different interface. Share to your page. Is okay. is you ready? I'm ready to go live. Okay, I'm ready. All right. It says for free. Okay. All right. Welcome. We are now live. Welcome to Mindful Goddess Success. We are still just working it out. I'm Heather. I'm Danielle. And this is our uh, little uh, podcast to talk about mindfulness, talk about balancing, talk about achieving productivity, but also having a really rewarding life. Exactly. Uh, uh, but we will get into our topic in a moment. First, we're going to start with a big deep breath and some stretching. Let's start with a big, you know, get yourself comfortable. Oh, my neck has been killing me. My work from home chair is not awesome. So take a big deep breath in. Feel it all the way up in your belly. And then I want you to roll your shoulders back and then stretch your arms up and then stretch it. Oh God, that feels so good. And then let the air out and let those shoulders drop. Let the tongue drop from the roof of your mouth. Let your jaw go slack. Oh God, I feel so much better. Woo. All right, well, I'm done. I gotta go now. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So we're, we we're talking about today. So today, um, Heather and I have been talking a lot about the challenges and the struggle and the suffering that happens when we're trying to be not who we are. So we're going to talk about, um, how and why and, um, how, which I said already, I'm, I'm not with it. I was up super late last night. I was working on a big research paper and it's just, I don't have excuses, but I haven't slept enough. Okay. I, it's cool. I, I, I think we're all cool with it. We've all Anyhow. been there. So we're I've talking about, em oh, well, exactly right. We're talking about embracing who you are and working with who you are instead of trying to be somebody else, because that just makes it more difficult. So do you, do you want to start? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, Danny's going to have a lot to say on this, this topic because it's, it's a sociological concept called your master status, but, but I think, and she'll explain really what that means. But I think it's um, a lot of times, and I know I'm guilty of this, 
we, we read about, you know, what we're supposed to be, how we're supposed to behave, what we're supposed to look like, well, you know, fill in the blank, fill in the blank, fill in the blank. Um, and, and we, we try to cram ourselves into whatever that box is, whatever that box is. Um, and we, we find it very difficult because it's just genuinely not who and what we are. Uh, and I'm not saying that those boxes are bad. There's nothing wrong with wanting to change and wanting to be a slightly different person. But if we're making some changes like, like master status specifically, like people, people base their opinion on who and what you are in the very first few seconds of meeting you based on your personal appearance, based upon how you present yourself, based upon a lot of things, things that you might not have a ton of control over like my face is my face. Danny's face is her face and so is your face. And um, growing up, you know, Danielle is my, my big sister and the, my favorite person in the world, but uh, we spent a lot of time together, especially when we were teenagers. And um, I looked different. I was a lot thinner and I was blonde and I was like super chipper, but I was also super square. I was like crazy square. I'm like, I think my first nickname was Thumper because I would run around and put out the cigarettes that my sister's friend smoked because I was like, well, you're going to start fire. Smokey the bear says, and you know, that's how square I was. But my master status, the way I look is not square. I look like a troublemaker. I look like somebody who has devious intentions, even though I didn't. That's just like, I'm just not like that. My sister, however, who looks super innocent and super sweet and super like, Danielle would never do that. By the way, I heard my mother say that many times. Danielle would never do that. I was like, you don't fucking know your daughter because yes, she would. Um, and I got into a lot of trouble for the things that my sister did because of our master statuses, status I, status E's. I don't know, Danielle, you probably know. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about. Yeah. So, um, so let me back up just a little bit because part of what we're talking about are the um, sort of external facing things that we don't have any control over that people interpret for us. And part of what we're talking about is um, how you live in your own skin and what's going on for you internally. So just a real quick overview. This isn't going to be like professory lecture, but let's talk a little bit about what statuses are. So social statuses, there are all these sort of characteristics that we embody. They include things like your race, your gender, your sexual orientation, your ability status, um, your geographic location, all of these are um, characteristics that have some kind of social significance that help kind of um, uh, organize your life in, in some important ways. The um, master status is the status, uh, most of the students, when I talk about this master status, they think that means that it's the status they like the best and that they want to showcase the world to the world and they want to be like, this is the most important status to me. Unfortunately, master status is not the status that's most important to you. It's the status that is most important to other people. So for most of us, it's really the most visible status. That's, this is often race. 
often gender, it's often, it's ability status, it, it are, it's things that we wear on our skin and we don't have a lot of control over them. For most of us, these are probably less important statuses when we're thinking about who we are in our head. Like we're thinking about our achieved statuses, the things that we have worked to become, you know, like education that we have um, earned, the, the occupation that we practice, things that we do, those are the ones that we want to lead with. Unfortunately, you, you have to deal with where you are in the world right now. It doesn't mean though it's all lost. <laughs> you know, it doesn't mean that you have to just give up on everything, but just acknowledging that there are some um, of these statuses that when people talk to you, they are hearing and seeing you through that filter, right? So, so for me, my master status is, is a white woman. Um, and that has this like girl next door kind of a, a face. And for the longest time, it's like, that doesn't matter to me. That wasn't as important to me. I wanted it to be something else. And, and particularly as I was coming out, my sexual orientation was really, really important to me, um, particularly in this stages of coming out. Um, and I just wanted people to know, I wanted them to see, I wanted to lead with my sexual orientation, but nobody, nobody knows, no, nobody, I mean, nobody ever, ever, ever knows that I'm gay and just ne never. And so it's one of those things where I was like, well, it's something that was really important to me, but it's not something that I'm going to be able to um, immediately communicate to others. So what do you do about that? So, I mean, in, in the example that Heather gave, she's talking about like the way that we present to the world. There are some modifications that we can make in terms of how we present to the world if we really want to lead with a particular status. So this is true of people who um, like to cosplay or they're really into a particular subculture. They'll start wearing clothes or hairstyle or makeup or, or symbols that communicate like I'm a part of this subculture. And that gets you some of the way, right? You embrace a certain identity and then you can kind of communicate it to others. And then um, depending on how extreme those symbols of that status are, maybe that is what you lead with, right? So people who are heavily involved in like the tattoo culture and they're all pierced and they have tattoos everywhere. It's hard for people to see past that, right? So, so there are, you know, benefits and disadvantages to both. And so part of what we're talking about is, to, is it's helpful to just, Take a moment to think about sort of how you present, not how you want others to see you, but what is going to be most salient to other people when they interact with you. So um, being a woman, that is a, that's a big factor and one that I very rarely think of because I just think like, these are my ideas. These are my thoughts. This is what I want to do. These are my actions and those should matter. But I always forget <laughs> that all of those actions, words, behaviors, they're always filtered through other people seeing like it's a woman doing and saying those things, which is not, uh, it's, it can be kind of frustrating. So just acknowledging that that's how we are in the world and that's how our social structure and other people in our society interact with us. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of pain and suffering, <laughs> um, trying to fight against that. So, um, and I'm not saying that you that we should all just give up the ghosts and say, well, forget it. I guess everybody's going to just think of me this way. I'm always going to be thought of in this like second class citizen sort of a way. That's not necessarily what we're saying. What we're saying though, is, is recognizing that part of the dynamics that are happening in your life is that people are interacting with you, um, based on some characteristics that may be out of, out of your control. So then what? 
So what, what do you do? And this is where, you know, like Heather said, even though she, as we were growing up, even though she was the square, she always got in trouble for stuff because people would look at her and they'd be like, you are just sketchy. Likewise, for me, even though I was never square, I mean, well, I was, it, it, this was a puberty thing. Like once I hit puberty, it was like all bets off. Um, <clears throat> people always treated me like the good girl, you know, the girl next door. And so what does that mean? So for me, I would really get frustrated and I, I'd say like, but that's not who I am. I'm going to embrace who I am and I'm going to curse like a sailor and I'm going to like do all of these sketchy things. But it didn't, it ended up becoming problematic in the sense that I was really trying to force this um, other side of myself that contradicts what people immediately see. I was really trying to force that and trying to get people to see like, look, I'm different and realizing that like, that didn't help. So I've had to come to terms like, okay, so this is the way that the world sees me. This is just, it just is. This is the way that the world sees me. What do I do now? How, what choices do I make? How do I engage in the world? How can I, you know, accomplish my goals without being shut down in various ways? But I had to get to the point where I had to accept that this is the way that things are. It doesn't mean that I like that they're the way that they are. It's not that I'm thinking like, yay, I love that these are my statuses, but I have to acknowledge this is the way that it is. And then I may be able to make some decisions about how I'm going to interact with the world after that. Well, and it, it, a lot of things that we talk about are about that acceptance, which is is not necessary. I mean, it's just acknowledging this is this is what it is, and this is where we are, and and making the decision to how you're going to to continue with that. And you know what? There, I mean, of course, there are ways that you can change your physical appearance. Uh, people do it all the time, whether it be surgically or a variety of other ways. You know, to your point about people that are into a particular subculture uh, or even tattoos and all, whatever the subcultures are, they change their physical appearance in order to be immediately recognized by those other peers within that subculture. It's it's creates that immediate community, which you know has its advantages in its way. But you know, you have to like at some point you have to kind of look at yourself and figure out, you know, what um character actor am I, do, do I look like if I'm going to an audition, right? And sometimes it has to do with what you're wearing. Uh, and sometimes it has to do with your expressions, the way you speak, you know, a variety of things that you do have a certain amount of control over. I mean, a person can change all of those things, but, but there, are, there are a lot about that that you, that you can't change about how somebody else is, is perceiving you. You know, to Danny's point about, you know, I'm, I'm a woman, just that's a surprise to let you know. Um, and so for me, when I, um, I've been in business for many, many years and I have learned to adapt to how do I present information to a group of men when I'm a woman. I, I, and I've learned very painfully that for myself, I can't just drop a, an amazing idea because it will get zero recognition. I have to, I have to go through a process to make it heard. And that is just because I'm a woman. And I'm not, I'm not saying, oh my God, poor me. It's just, that's just life. Same thing would be for somebody who's a person of color or somebody that's a person with disability. It's the same process. You have to, at some point, how you're not at that level because you're not whatever the, the um, expressed uh, desirable, you know, demographic is of the moment. 
most likely white man, but we're not going to get into that. Uh, then you have to, you have to understand that you're approaching it from a different way. So accepting that, and I'm going to tell you myself specifically on this woman thing, because I, I used to get so angry about how, you know, why, why would somebody not accept my idea? It's a great idea. And then without fail in another meeting, I would hear my idea come out of a man's mouth. And I'm like, you're fucking kidding me right now, right? I, I said that idea and like, I don't remember that, Heather. And I'm like, and, and years and years of that before I was just like, you know what? I have to accept. And actually it was really great advice I got one time. As a woman, I have influence, I don't have power. So it changed the way I approach things. And that was just, I had to acknowledge that. It was a difficult acknowledgement. Same thing for, you know, when I was younger and, and thinner and I was like, totally, everybody was like, oh, she's a little sex kitten. She's a, she's a slut. She's a, all those things. And I was like, but, uh, but I'm not, but I'm, but I'm not, it didn't matter what I did. So I just, I just accepted it. And when people started telling me rumors, hey, is it, is it true? I'd be like, no, but this is true. And I'd say something totally outlandish because why not? What does it matter? The rumors are going to happen anyway. People are going to say things about you because this is their assumption about you. It didn't matter if I fought it or I agreed with it or I went someplace crazy. It didn't change anybody's opinion. And I had fun with it. Well, and this is, so there's an important point with this. When we're saying to, to acknowledge that this is the world that, that we live in, um, that doesn't dismiss the, the pain of that experience. So, and I think um, it, it, I, I don't want it to seem like we're saying like, just, oh, just forget about it. Just ignore it. Just, just play with it. it the things that happen, the, the experiences that we have when people treat us differently than than we deserve, right? They, when they discount our ideas or they dismiss us or they, you know, treat us differently, there's, there's, that's a real thing. And it's important to acknowledge that. So for a lot of time, when something like that would happen to me, the same thing with, in meetings, when I'd come up with an idea and then it was totally discounted, um, I actually went through a strategy where I had um, a collaborator in my department who was a guy and I'd be like, say this. And then he'd say that. And he was actually pretty good about saying like, well, Danny said this. And I was like, thank you for that. But <clears throat> the frustration, the anger, the pain, all of those things from being dismissed like that, that's a real thing. And so what, what we would say is to acknowledge like the feelings will happen. And that is not, it's not a bad thing because what happened was unfair. That experience that you had, it was unfair. And if you feel like it was unfair, acknowledge that it's unfair then but and 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 hopefully you can do something about it right you can be intentional you can try to affect some sort of change you can you educate people whatever if you want but it's really important in that moment when that feeling comes up when you feel like you've been treated badly when it's unfair when you feel like you're um not getting the treatment that you deserve it is important to acknowledge that feeling and then allow yourself to get a little distance from that feeling, not be consumed by that feeling so that you could then go on and then make some changes and do something else and, and engage in some kind of an action. <coughs> because part of the problem when you are feeling that way, when you have this overwhelming emotion where it's just not fair that something happened, if you can't give yourself a little bit of distance from that, it will consume you. It will eat you up. 
And, and that is not, a, that's not going to solve anything. It's not going to make you feel better. It's not going to change anything. So we're not saying put it aside and ignore it, but we are saying acknowledge the feeling that came up, feel the feeling, give yourself a little distance from it so that you can then engage in some effective behaviors and some, some ways to make changes. <coughs> Sorry. Allergies okay. or something. Yeah. make some changes that might make a difference, you know, so it's really, it's figuring out that balance that acknowledging that this is, this is the reality, the world, the way that it is, this is, this is the reality of the experiences that you've had, whether you like it or not, acknowledging that that experience has an emotional component. There's a feeling that comes up from there. And instead of allowing that feeling to tear you down even further, figure out a way specifically to acknowledge and get through that feeling, whatever it takes, we use meditation, you know, to, to kind of give yourself a little distance from that feeling and then engage in action in an intentional way. And, and can I add, it's, it's a kind of um, a non sequitur, but it isn't. Can I talk about uh, people being allies to underrepresented groups when you can and, you know, like, you know, you had a friend that in your, in your staff meetings, or your meetings as a, as a male could speak up and was an ally for you to support you. And if you find yourself in a position where you can support somebody, then, you know, as a part of being a part of that community, I want to encourage people to be able to figure out a way to support those people that are having struggles with being seen and having some amount of representation, you know, it's by those little small acts that we might be actually able to make some sort of a change. Yep. Okay, do you want to um, try a meditation on this? I, I do, I do, I wanna meditate on this one. Okay. And then I can go back into my grubby clothes. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so um, can you hear me okay? Yeah. All right, I've had microphone problems too. Okay, get yourself into a comfortable position Settle into your seat if you're seated. Support your lower back. Open up your chest. Feel grounded in this moment. If it's comfortable for you, you're welcome to close your eyes. Take in a slow breath. Fill your chest and belly with air. Hold on to it for just a moment. Fill yourself up as much as you can. And then gently exhale. As you exhale, feel more grounded in this moment more centered. Now for a moment, every time you inhale, can you imagine your breath coming in like an affectionate friend, giving you a little embrace inside your body, every in-breath. It's like a hug, taking care of you, present for you. Every time you inhale, your breath is there for you to support you, to nourish you, to help you when things get rough. And then every exhale allows you to release any kind of tension that might have built up, anything that you feel in your body, physical sensations of tension. Every time you exhale, try to release a little bit of that tension. So 
So breathe in this warm, nourishing embrace. And then breathe out tension and stress. If you get distracted, every time you breathe in, remember imagining this warm, gentle embrace and then breathing out stress and tension. So I'm gonna ask you now to think of a moment where when you were treated unfairly, try not to make this a big moment, you know, a manageable moment, like on a 10 point scale, think of a, maybe a five sense of injustice, something that where you were treated unfairly. So have that scenario in your mind. Just take a moment to sit with that scenario. Just remember what happened when you felt like you were treated unfairly. Now that you have that scenario in mind, just put a pin in it and now check back in with your body. Now scan through your body and explore what, what, is, what you're feeling physically as you think of that time where you were treated unfairly. Where does that sense of injustice of not being treated fairly, where does that live in your body? What does it feel like, that feeling that it wasn't fair? Spend a moment to just scan through from the top of your head all the way down your shoulders, your torso, your seat, down through your legs, into your feet. What sensations, what physical sensations are coming up from that emotional experience? Now I'd like you to focus on the physical sensations of that feeling of injustice. The next time you inhale, I'd like you to breathe into that physical sensation and surround it with your breath. Imagine you're surrounding that feeling with your breath. And as you exhale, push that feeling a little further outside of yourself. So imagine inhaling, going to the site of that tension. And then as you exhale, just push it a little bit away from you. So do that a couple more times. Inhale, surround the tension, and then just push it out from you just a little bit. Okay, now with that tension sitting outside of yourself, breathe into your body. Your body now where the tension is sitting outside of it, now breathe into your body where it's sitting. Breathe in again, that warm, comforting hug. Breathe in feelings of affection for yourself, of care, acknowledging that what you experienced was kind of crappy. It was difficult. So breathe in a little compassion for yourself, for what you went through. 
And as you breathe in, remember that you're not alone in this feeling. We've had this feeling of being treated unfairly right along with you. You're not alone. We're here with you. So take a moment now to breathe in. Breathe in some kindness to yourself for having had that experience. Breathe in the knowledge that we're here with you, that you're not alone. And then exhale any of the residual tension or stress that came up from thinking about that incident. So breathe in some affection and care. and breathe out the tension and stress. Okay, so let's start to close. Now breathe in and come back to this moment. Start feeling yourself in your seat. Exhale, becoming more aware of your physical body. Inhale, become more aware of your surroundings, opening up to anything you can hear or sense in your environment. Exhale, allowing yourself to be in this space. And then when you're ready, open your eyes and join us. How was that for you? That was good. Sorry, I had to mute it. Uh, my kids are having World War III in the hall. Uh, with the, when you were like, breathe in the, the, the you know, a caring, whatever. I thought about, um, I know it's not Bilbo. Who's that secret person that, Riley in, in Inside Out talked to her imaginary friend. It wasn't Bilbo, it wasn't Oh, oh it was, it was Bebo, oh no. Who's the right? one anyway, so that's that what I thing that, who's the friends who love the most? Right, I went with Bilbo, which I know is wrong. See, and that's just close anyway. enough that it just threw me off. <laughs> so I like that image. I, I, like, I liked having that image in so it was nice, yeah. but. Good. Like well, that. and this is a process that that can help when we're feeling overwhelmed, when we're feeling like when we have an incident like that, where we feel like it's not fair, somebody's treating me in a way that I don't deserve that doesn't match who I am inside. Sometimes just acknowledging that feeling first figuring out where it lives in your body, and then allowing you to, to take it out of your body a little bit. So there's some distance, it makes it easier for then you to engage in an appropriate action, whatever that is, you know, speaking out or staying silent or whatever it is, you know, anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, we don't know what we're talking about next week. We'll figure that out next week, but it'll be exciting. It's going to be great. <laughs> and we hope you all have a wonderful Bye, time.